There are so many religions in the world. How are they similar and how are they different? We need to know. The culturally correct view is to blend them all together as equally relevant and legitimate. But is that true? Prior to becoming a follower of Jesus, your host, Mike Shreve, was an avid seeker of truth, exploring many paths to spirituality. One of his passions now is to help bridge the gap so that others can discover the true light, which gives light to everyone entering the world. Now, here's Mike Shreve revealing the true light. What is Scientology? There are over 4,000 religions in the world, and this is one of the most recently formed. In 1950, a science fiction writer named L. Ron Hubbard published a book called Dianetics, The Modern Science of Mental Health. It was a book outlining a new system of psychotherapy. Within four years, the book ushered in a movement that expanded and became its own religion. It passed from being just Scientology to the Church of Scientology. On this podcast, we're going to discover some of the major beliefs of this religious group, and maybe we'll be able to figure out why some of the Hollywood elite are so attracted to it. Celebrity Scientologists include Tom Cruise, John Travolta, Kirstie Alley, Anne Archer, Jennifer Aspen, Catherine Bell, David Campbell, Nancy Cartwright, and Erica Christensen. Why would they embrace this worldview that is so new, so unproven, so strange in some of its beliefs? Who knows? But one thing for sure, it's in the news quite often. You see it in magazines, you see write-ups about it in newspapers and articles on the web, controversial issues quite often. Let's camp primarily on the fundamental doctrinal beliefs of this group and see how it compares to Christianity. And let's uh, divide it up into about seven areas. First, the origin and nature of the universe. What do Scientologists believe about that? Foundationally, the cosmogony of Scientology is similar to Buddhism. And I quote from their literature, before the beginning was a cause, and the entire purpose of the cause was the creation of effect. End of quote. However, the full explanation of this cause goes beyond the boundaries of the Buddhist worldview, as we'll soon find out, especially when it comes to the spiritual makeup of human beings. See, Buddhism is basically atheistic, and it has no room for the concept of a creator god. Everything in the universe came into existence through cause and effect, and that's why Scientology kind of dovetails with Buddhism. What about the nature of God? Well, the Church of Scientology has no set dogma concerning God or the nature of God that it imposes on its members. However, they are quick to point out this is not meant to imply an atheistic, agnostic, or non-caring attitude about this vital subject. Quite the contrary, L. Ron Hubbard taught that men without a strong and lasting faith in a supreme being 
are less capable, less ethical, and less valuable to themselves and to society. He went on to say, a man without an abiding faith is, by observation alone, more a thing than a man. So he did talk about a supreme being. However, there's very generic terms applied to God. For instance, God is referred to as the allness of all, which implies a pantheistic view that all is God and God is all and everything has a divine essence. And on an ultimate level, God is just an impersonal life force. That seems to be the implication. The supreme being is more correctly defined, according to their literature, as simply infinity, which is existence without the boundaries of time. But certainly, that's only a bare description of one attribute of God, his infinitude, his everlasting existence, no beginning and no end. There's no personal name applied to God, and certainly the concept of the triune nature of God as found in the Bible is absent from Scientology. There's no teaching about the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and that these three are one. And certainly there's no teaching about the multitude of deities in a religion like Hinduism. 330 million gods and goddesses is the traditional number. No, it's much more generic than that in Scientology. Now we step into the category of the origin and nature of man. And this is when Scientology gets very unique. It teaches, number one, that man is innately good. And that's contrary to the biblical worldview that teaches a fallen nature, an inheritance of original sin, so that we are conceived in iniquity and born in sin, and we have a tendency towards sin until we're born again. And then we have a new spirit that is created in righteousness and true holiness that has a tendency toward good. But Scientology teaches that man, and this is an all-embracing word, the whole human race, is basically or innately good. Now, man is made up of three parts in the Scientology worldview. Different than Christianity that says we have a body, soul, and spirit. In Scientology, human beings have a body, a mind, and something called the Thetan. That's spelled T-H-E-T-A-N, but it's pronounced Thetan. Unique to this religion, this term is drawn from the Greek letter theta and is used traditionally to mean thought or life. Theta is the spiritual essence or life force of all things, all living things. Human beings are thetans possessing a mind and inhabiting a body. But the core element of what we are and who we are is embraced by this word. We are, the thetan is the real person. And I quote now from their literature, the continuing and persisting identity which transcends the body which it inhabits. It is said to be immaterial and immortal, or at least to have the capacity to be immortal and to have an infinite creative potential. Now listen to this part. Thetans originally existed in a pre-creation spiritual state 
with unhindered divine godlike abilities and attributes. Then, for their own pleasure, they brought the material world into existence. However, in some distant past period, once they created MEST, M-E-S-T, capital M, capital E, capital S, capital T, and it stands for Material Energy Space Time, MEST. Once they created MEST, the Thetans became entrapped by it and lost awareness of their initial transcendent state descending from a spiritual divine-like existence to the present limitations of human existence confined within the boundaries of the five senses. Because of this tragic fall from perfection, so to speak, men and women in their earthly state normally fail to realize both their former estate and their present potential. So according to Scientology, the Thetan is the higher self, and though often neglected, it is the senior most spiritual essence of a person. The body and mind are only temporary vehicles used by the Thetan in the handling of life and the physical universe. It it is described the Thetan is described as the source of all creation and life itself, and so there's no creator God in that picture. The Thetan is the source of creativity. This is the surface information you find in Scientology literature about the origin of man. However, according to some sources I've read, when you ascend up to higher ranks or higher levels of Scientology, you are made privy to more outlandish details of the supposed creation story or the beginning of the human population on earth. It starts with Zenu, X-E-N-U, also referred to as Zimu, once the ruler of the Galactic Confederacy, an ancient organization of 76 planets. Having existed for 20 million years, the planets were struggling from extreme overpopulation. Fearing he'd be thrown out of power, Zenu gathered billions of his people, froze them to capture their souls, which are the Thetans, and transported them to Earth, which was also called Tigiak, for elimination. He dumped them at the bottom of volcanoes and then destroyed them in a series of nuclear explosions, killing all but a few and sending their souls into the air. Once in the air, the souls were captured by Zenu, who then implanted into them misleading information, including including concepts related to all of the world's religions. After all this evil was carried out, Zenu was eventually imprisoned and Earth was left to be a mere prison planet by the Galactic Confederacy. It doesn't surprise me that a science fiction writer came up with that story. I don't think you find anything compared to it in any literature of any world religion. Now, very important to the Scientologist worldview is the belief that each person possesses two distinctly distinctly different minds. Now, this is very important, so log this in your memory. 
First, you have the reactive mind, which is negative, and then you have the analytical mind, which is positive. The reactive mind works on a quote-unquote stimulus response basis. It is not under the control of human will and subconsciously exerts adverse influence over a person's awareness, purposes, thought life, body, and actions. So you have this reactive mind that's constantly controlling you because it's based on stimulus response. This mind is full of negative data resulting from the emotionally and mentally damaging experiences of all earthly existence, all earthly existences, both past and present. The analytical mind is the mind which thinks, observes data, remembers it, and resolves problems. Conquering the reactive mind frees the analytical mind, enabling a person to make positive choices about how he or she will act and react in life. And then you move up to the level of functioning as a thetan, rather than functioning under the control of the mind in its fallen state. So that leads us to the next category of the nature of salvation, liberation, or enlightenment. And it has to do with overcoming the reactive mind. The road to spiritual freedom is a process by which a Scientologist finally becomes something called a clear, C-L-E-A-R. This is the objective of every Scientologist, and it's accomplished by the removal of engrams. That's spelled E-N-G-R-A-M-S. And engrams are the negative subconscious perceptions that I've just talked about held in the memory bank of the reactive mind that continually prevent a person from making healthy, right, good decisions in the analytical mind. By removing these engrams, these repressed negative memories that create, that create emotional and mental blocks, a person can live a more fulfilling, happy, stable creative, and powerful life. And then the Thetan, the higher self, is in a place of ascendancy and control. Very precise techniques have been developed called Dianetics, and that's a word that literally supposedly means through the soul. It's called Dianetics. It's aimed at accomplishing this lofty goal. It involves aspirants participating in something called auditing sessions in which the auditor analyzes the reactions of a pre-clear to various questions that are posed while the latter is holding something called an electropsychometer that looks something like a lie detector. It's also called an e-meter. Once areas of charge are located and examined, the negative charges or indications that a person is bound by the reactive mind, the auditor and the pre-clear work together to erase those engrams, thus lifting the pre-clear to a higher state of awareness. During the auditing sessions, the pre-clear experiences many realizations about life, and they are called cognitions. Cognitions. Some of these are key words you need to remember. Once cleared of engrams, 
a person can embark on a spiritual journey of increased awareness and enlightenment, the ultimate goal of which is freedom from the endless chain of physical births and deaths, and then ultimate personal spiritual immortality. Well, that's much different than Christianity because we recognize there's a lower nature. We recognize there's something called sin that needs to be dealt with. We recognize that the only way for our hearts to be cleansed from sin is not to be hooked up to an electro-psychometer, but to connect with the Savior of the world, the Lord Jesus Christ, who washes our souls clean in his precious blood. And then the need is not to realize some higher self called a Thetan because we start thinking in a more logical way, a more intelligent way, but rather we are born again when we receive Jesus into our hearts and we receive a new spirit that is infused with God's spirit. It's a totally different approach. Now, I'm sure that those who participate in these auditing sessions have to deal with character issues that are bogging them down spiritually, emotionally, and mentally. And maybe they make some positive choices and decisions that end up bringing them to the level of a better life. And so they think it's working. Scientology is working. Well, it may be working in a soulish way a self-discipline entering into the picture where they become more mindful about making the right choices and relationships go better as a result, or sometimes. But it's not meeting the deepest need of the human heart, and that is reconnection with the Creator. Now let's go to another category, and that's planes or dimensions of existence. The Bible talks a lot about paradise, about the afterlife, being either heaven or hell, eternal separation from God, or eternal unity or union with God in a heavenly world. But Scientology doesn't really deal with that. In fact, it teaches that it's primarily concerned with the betterment of life here and now, as well as helping to produce a more sane civilization worldwide. So it doesn't really deal with dimensions or realms beyond the physical realm. The next category is the spiritual journey and ultimate destiny of man. Now, Scientology accepts the idea of past lives, recurring embodiments that determine a person's spiritual evolution. They do not subscribe to some beliefs that are sometimes associated with reincarnation, such as regression into animal life form or subhuman forms. According to Scientology beliefs, man must always progress spiritually in order to achieve salvation. But the Bible does not teach reincarnation and is completely incompatible with the teachings of Jesus. Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes on me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. The Bible also says, because he lives, we shall live also in an eternal personal state. The scripture says we will sit down at the marriage supper of the lamb with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And if reincarnation was part of the picture, we would have a very hard time recognizing Abraham, Isaac, or Jacob because they would have had multiple lives since then. No, there's only one life and then the judgment. But Scientology teaches reincarnation. It's a very popular thing that people fantasize about in their minds, about being a, a prince in a former life or some kind of notable individual, I suppose. 
Next, the final category is cycles, ages, and the ultimate state of the universe. Scientology promotes first the objective of helping individuals attain and maintain a state of spiritual freedom, which, as I've mentioned, means when they come to the place of becoming a clear. Then, in turn, they begin to affect the people around them and society around them and the planet itself as a whole. And their ultimate objective is for Scientologists worldwide to finally clear the planet. In other words, to rid the earth of negative things like selfishness, dishonesty, violence, crime, insanity, and war. Thus, a more enduring civilization will result. That's not the answer for our future. Jesus said, Behold, I come quickly. And when he comes, he's going to usher us into the Messianic age. It will not be it will not be a communistic government. It will not be a democratic government. It will be a theocratic government. God himself will be King of kings and Lord of lords over this planet, and he will restore it to the pristine perfection of paradise. The lamb and the wolf will lay down next to each other because there'll be no more predator beasts and there'll be no more prey. Peace will pervade the planet. The lion will eat straw like the bullock, and so there will not be violence War will never exist again. The Bible said, Nation shall not lift up sword against nation, neither shall they learn war anymore. Thank God, thank God. But that will only happen when Sar Shalom, the Prince of Peace, rules and reigns in this world. And he surrounds it with his Shalom, his peace, and brings the earth back to a place of perfection and beauty and glory with God walking among us. That's the answer, not clearing the planet by our own human efforts, but watching God Almighty cleanse the planet of all the defilement it's received through human beings. Thank God we're headed to a bright future if we have accepted the Lord Jesus Christ into our lives. The Church of Scientology is not the answer. The Church of the Lord Jesus Christ, which is not an organization, it is an organism of living believers worldwide. That's the only answer to the plight of humanity. Thank you for joining Mike Shreve today on Revealing the True Light. And thank you for opening your mind and your heart to the truth. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes, cpnshows.com, or wherever you listen to podcasts so you don't miss new episodes. You can explore the beliefs of many world religions more deeply by ordering Mike Shree's book titled In Search of the True Light. We also invite you to visit our website, thetruelight.net, and sign up to be part of our global internet family.